0: You found the Paulist, a daily comics analysis podcast. It's daily, so we can read widely, and it's analysis, so we can dig deep. I'm Paul. I'm an English teacher, a literacy researcher, and a comics reader. I'm on Twitter at two ply t w o p l a i. Um, visuals are at the Please subscribe and review the Paulist on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Today is our Family Friday and our comic is sunny side up by jennifer holm and matthew holm from graphics and imprint of scholastic and we'll be looking at misspent childhoods and finding artifacts that center our lives all right let's dig deep Um, This is a podcast so you can't see me, so you couldn't see the air quotes that I put around the word misspent when I was kind of putting that tagline uh, teaser about what I was going to do analysis about. Um, Thank you for joining. I um, appreciate that you've come, especially on Family Comics Friday, which is one of my favorite parts of this podcast because, um, as I say at the top, I'm a teacher and a researcher and the educational power of of... not podcasts, (laughs) of comics is really interesting to me. Um, uh, And and not just because I'm a teacher, but also because I'm a father. And I spend um, an inordinate amount of time (laughs) reading comics with my kid and thinking about comics that I would want her to read um, five years from now when she's you know, a little older, or 15 years from now, um, when she's much older, because I think all the time about how our reading experiences shape our encounters with the world, and how our encounters with the world shape our reading. Um, that is sort of my fascination. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I always think about how much time we spend, my my daughter and I, reading comics together, and how much of a, um, you know, what, what the cost-benefit... <laughs> you know analysis is what are we doing and what are we not doing um you know should i be reading more chapter books with her um should we be going outside and playing uh should should we be uh, in fact you know i don't know learning math or talking about our feelings um and then it turns out i you know ask her what she wants to do she says she wants to read with me i say go ahead and pick out something and we start reading And it turns out that those things that I just said are exactly what we do. Um, We uh, go outside and play, so to speak. We learn about math and science. We, um, We talk about complex feelings and relationships in reading comics together. Um, and of course, we always relate those to real life things um, that we do, <laughs> um, going to parks and museums and having activities and having, you know, her, her having relationships and, and, and we as a family having relationships. And so I, I guess um, comics have become, um, just by dint of my, my own um, enthusiasm and how much she has picked picked up with it um a a means of you know a mediator of talking about and thinking about the world between me and my daughter so that's one of the reasons I love talking about uh, I love the family comics Friday um i I guess the target audience for this for these weekly episodes of um, talking about all ages comics is other parents uh, or or caregivers uh, like me who are thinking about what you might read with kids at different ages um, and as I said, my background is in literacy research, um, in education. So I think a lot about, about kids and reading, um, and their, their development. Um, but I, I guess it's not a narrow, you know, how do we get our kids to read better? How do we get better test scores kind of reading, but more, um, how reading fits into the, the warp and woof of all of our experiences in life and our interactions with the social world and all that stuff. And yeah, the social emotional stuff too, um, as well as the academic and cognitive and, all that stuff. So that's, that's part of my interest. Uh, another, another part of my interest, as I said, is that I'm a, te- I'm a, a parent uh, and a teacher. Uh, and, and finally, I'm really interested in um, the fact of comics being a medium um, among other media that kids are consuming and the role that it has. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit today um, when I get to Sunnyside Up um, because comic books do play a role in this story. Um, but um I, finally, I just want to say if you are continuing to listen, if I checked off a list of categories of people that this is kind of aimed at being in conversation with and you are not on this list, I just want to um, just again reassert that you are welcome in this conversation that this is not meant to be exclusive to people with um, younger with children or with um you know younger people that they that they take care of. I think um, some of the best comics that I've read, just pure. Comics as an adult, um, even prior to having my my daughter um, in my life, uh, and there wasn't a time when I wasn't a teacher in my adult life but um, but even outside of the fact of being a teacher, just some of my my favorite reading experiences of comics have been with comics that were supposedly targeted toward younger kids. Or towards younger audiences and so you may be listening just because you love comics and and I want to honor that too and appreciate that you are here Um, so um, yeah I hope I hope that uh, these conversations aren't exclusive for you Uh, as I said though the um, you know the hours uh, the hours tick by and one of the things that I'm conscious of is that as we get older um, you know an hour to me is just one hour in one day in you know, 35 years of my life. But an hour for my daughter is um, proportionally a much bigger uh, part of her young life. And, um, and so, you know, the time is precious, I feel. Um, I get this sense of watching her grow up every day and encounter all kinds of things every day. And I think a lot about the time and experiences that she has and how that go into making her who she is. Uh, and I think I'm not alone. Um, I, you know, sometimes you'll see the article in the New York Times or the Atlantic or whatever about today's kids being over and everybody being a helicopter parent. And, you know, since we have the, um, the internet, you know, and we have iPads and whatever, you know, so much concern about uh, what kids are exposed to and how much time they're spending with this and how much time we're spending with that and what kinds of uh, childhoods we are, um, uh, you know, producing, (laughs) managing, facilitating, um, conducting for our kids. And it's funny because, you know, (laughs) if you look back in history, you know, the amount of Sort of concentration and and being convinced that there's a right way to do this, that there's a scientifically identifiable way to to raise your kids' right was just um not the framework, not the way that people thought about children, obviously everybody you know people loved their kids and they were heavily invested in their child rearing but you know the even the notion of of a of childhood as a thing you know or adolescence as a thing um was uh you know. Not non-existent, but but certainly not talked about, considered, conceived uh, in the past uh, in in many cultures as it is today, um, or even the need to direct things for kids or to change things for kids. You know, um, there's a, a phenomenon in language acquisition that we talk about um, called child-directed speech, and it's that it's baby talk. You know, it's how we talk when we talk to children, but that's not. A universal thing there's a lot of cultures that have been studied by anthropologists who for whom the idea that you would change your voice and way of talking to direct speech at a child is um unusual and you know what you kind of expect is that sometimes what you may do as a parent and this affects the child's language learning is that you may just talk for the kid um some some in some cultures i'm thinking of um uh uh, anthropological work that was done in um, some of the Pacific island um, communities and cultures uh, that uh, had you know kids and and adults together um, and the adults would often voice be voicing but in in adult speech, what the baby or the young toddler must be thinking, and that was a part of their language acquisition too um, as opposed to the kind of you know sort of child directed speech that we we tend to fabricate in western western countries uh western cultures um anyway my point is to say that um we live in a a time and place uh and probably most people who can access a podcast live within that time and a place where there's a lot of fretting about children and then there's a lot of fretting about fretting about children you know uh about um Uh, You know, some recent studies and the methodologically, it's interesting, but how you find this out. But recent studies where you just, you know, and, and anybody can do it anecdotally, you just ask a bunch of people around you, when you were a kid, how much unsupervised time did you spend? Just wandering out in the streets, <laughs> just finding a way to amuse yourself. Just, you know, no one telling you this is the best thing for you to do right now. Just kind of going out there and, 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 and doing whatever you want to, roaming around, exploring, spending time with people who may not be um, suited to, uh, to hang out with you, um, just kind of interacting with nature and other dangerous things. Uh, how much time did you spend, you know, just being a kid? and contrast that with how much time do we now as a generation or several generations of parents allow that for our own children and the difference is so stark that it makes you think wow we are raising our kids in a very different way from how we were raised in general in the aggregate Um, and that's got to have a big effect on the way that our our lives and our cultures our lifestyles are going to be because as children there's a great book called the wisdom of a skin knee scraped knee uh, what's the right title uh, and I'm thinking also of an essay and I think it's by Joan Didion I can't remember who wrote it but just kind of making the case for children falling down <laughs> you know making the case for children not having classes or camps or uh, activities always lined up for them for kids being bored You know, for kids kind of having lazy Sundays or or summer months of just sitting there with, you know, literally nothing on their schedule. No even conception of a schedule, but just waking up and following their fancy to wherever their imaginations take them um, out in the, the, the woods or around the neighborhood or whatever. Um, I remember walking to school as a kid um, in Taiwan and in Michigan and, and here in California. And the thought of of my kid at that age walking by themselves to school now is like, why would you do that? There's so many dangerous things. You know, there, there are child molesters and cars and, uh, you know, he's just like, that's, you can't let a child walk around the, the streets by themselves, you know? but that was very much my ki- my childhood and you know and some of that was um was urban and some of that was was you know kind of suburbs you know <laughs> some of that was a lot of nature and um and i think that there is this um way that we live these days that um well there's i think a reason why sunnyside up is set at the time that it is so sunnyside up is a, is a um a book published by Graphics, um, written and drawn by Jennifer Holm and Matthew Holm. A fascinating collaboration because the two of them are siblings. And they um, they wrote and created a Baby Mouse series, which is, was very popular among kids. I, I haven't read them, to be honest. Um, I should also mention the colorist is Lark Pien, um, another Oakland uh, native. I just want to have to shout out that I, I believe she was part of that art night crew I mentioned in my demon episode, um, a couple of days ago. Um, but, um, but it's about a young girl named, uh, Sunny Lewin and she, um, you know, when the story begins, she is, uh, sort of on a, on a, on a flight landing from a flight, uh, and arriving to Florida where her grandfather lives. And her grandfather is going to, um, take care of her, host her in his retire in his Florida sort of, you know, retirement Um, complex compound (laughs) and she's staying with him for the summer and as it goes as the story progresses you know there's a bit of a mystery why is she it seems to be an have been an unexpected trip and you kind of see flashbacks to her and her friend um, anticipating a summer of fun and activities and so this is clearly a change of plans Um, moreover staying at an old folks compound um, the paul the Pine Palms, uh, fittingly named, um, is, turns out, maybe not the most exciting place for a kid. (laughs) You know, there's a swimming pool, certainly, uh, but there's also golf courses with crocodiles and, uh, you know, and a lot of old folks. (laughs) And, you know, her grandpa is is incredibly, um, you know, a grandpa, like, very wise, really kind, really sweet, has his own... Um, quirks and predilections and stuff like that, but you know, he's not going to be on her every day to make sure she's doing some uh, wholesome and <laughs> instructive activity. Uh, not that she gets, gets into unwholesome stuff. Uh, instead, what she does is is like a kid uh, follows her curiosity. Um, I read this with my daughter and um, it was soon after we read the um, Babysitter's Club uh, and Raina Telgemeier books. And she really loved this book, and I did too. Um, there's something very sweet about it. Um, the art, art style is, um, you know, like a lot of these uh, graphic novels geared at kids, and it's sort of the format and size of that that kind of a book too, the um, Raina Toggemeier books and, and things like that. But the the coloring is appealing and attractive and simple, and uh, the drawing style, I, I would say, is, is um, also a kind of... Um, you know, uh, uh, see how I describe this. It's just the right amount of, um, detail that you can tell that it's solid and professional, but it's just sort of sketch enough. It's just sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of, um, yeah, drawings in your notebook <laughs> you know um the, there's not a, a, a an over uh scrutinizing of of you know proportions or um fancy anatomy stuff or crazy angles um it's enough to to, to really get the job done um with i think a a particular exception uh that i'll get into in a, in a minute uh, not an exception to the, the the art being good enough, but an exception to that style. Um, but generally, the style is um, I don't know. Reminds me of what you might see on a webcomic drawn by uh, somebody who is practiced but not um, you know art school trained. Uh, and even if they are art school trained, this is uh, that aesthetic that they're putting on. Um, but what it what what that does. For a kid when they're reading it is it doesn't feel like this complex and unapproachable um, style of art. Um, my daughter um, right away could see in the drawings something akin to what when her dad is drawing a little story for her, um, he does. I don't draw well <laughs> and I'm not saying that the uh, Jennifer and Matthew home don't draw well um, but I think it, there's an almost purposeful um Not overdoing it and um, and that's really it really adds to the tenor of the story being one that is um, uh, I think a kind of sweetness and a kind of simplicity and I think that tenor is really important because it's not baby Mouse, which I think is much more of a polished and produced kind of comic um, in terms of the art um, and polished and produced in the sense of a um, uh, very stylized um, i th- I feel like Sunnyside Up is has, like, sort of radiates an aesthetic that's sort of um, like a, almost like a comic uh, journal or diary, um, a sense of, this is somebody's uh, simple story told. Uh, I, I think I read that the Holmes. This is not autobiographical, but there is plenty of drawing from things that they experienced and knew um, in their childhoods. And uh, the story is set in the time that you know would would be their childhoods. I I think they're roughly you know my age, so maybe in eighties. Kind of childhood, and um, there's plenty of signs of that in the in the book. The music that they listen to, the fashion, the um, the things that the uh, that Sunny and the um, friend that she makes are into, and the kind of activity. And here's where I'll get to the point of what I'm what I want to say about the book. M- maybe most 80s of all is the fact that uh, of the kind of childhood that they're living, the kind of summer that she's experiencing. Um, she's, 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 uh, sunny in this book. I don't remember the exact age, but she's sort of, um, uh, late childhood and maybe right before the preteen years or maybe right after the preteen years. And so you, there's, there's a definite, um, you know, coming of age stuff, uh, uh motif that's, that's going on where every experience is part of finding herself, but, what I love about the book is that rather than those experiencing invo- experiences involving like you know crazy wacky adventures or um, you know some kind of like uh, rebellious things going on at school, um, those adventures really involved spending time <laughs> with her grandpa at the pool, uh, finding some random kid who 's hanging around who's the I think he 's the um, you know landscaper 's son uh, for this, this resort, uh, retirement complex thing and them figuring out how to, um, have fun without getting into trouble. And they, they sort of wind up helping people, f- you know, some of the old folks, f- uh, find cats so that they can <laughs> earn money, you know? And, um, and it's just simple without ever being boring. And I think a lot of the story is driven by our curiosity about what Sonny's going to be up to you know what she's going to figure out to do among these old folks, um, but but I, there's also a very strong driver of this um, mystery of what exactly happened to her and why um, why it is that she's with her her grandpa. Um, so as I think on a kid level, you know you can be aware that there's that mystery in the background. It doesn't sort of uh, weigh down the story, um, but but I think what's probably most compelling for a kid like my daughter is just sort of the lightness of. Oh, what's she gonna discover now? What's she gonna be up to when they wander into a store with some coins in their pocket? Um, and then there's all kinds of, of course, hints, sort of foreshadowing or, or um, post-shadowing, whatever, of what exactly happened, uh, the in, the inciting stuff that that led her to um, have to stay with her grandpa for this period of time. Um, I'll mention, I'll talk about what that is at the end uh, after a, a adequate spoiler warning, but. Um, I th- so one of the things that they get up to that leads me to what I want to talk about um, is that uh, she and this friend uh, wind up discovering comic books. They Well, she, she winds up discovering comic books. You know, they've made some money from finding an old lady, find a cat. They um, are hanging around the, you know, limited... Um, limited options of stores that are around and one of the things that is at one of these stores is something that are just all too rare um in convenience stores maybe maybe not i haven't been in a convenience store in a very long time why would i go into a convenience store um there's big box stores there's amazon what what do i need to go to a convenience store for but um but there's a spinner rack and it says hey kids comics uh (laughs) it's great wholesome entertaining you know and uh, and then there enters this motif about her discovering um, comic books, and you know we're talking about Swamp Thing and Conan and and uh, you know Spider Man and stuff like that, and it's great, you know, it's great that uh, this kid's uh, somewhat unsupervised, relatively unprogrammed, it's sort of free floating and sometimes bored and 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 looking for something to do summer winds up also um being her discovery of comic books uh there's a um, visual motif and I I alluded this to alluded to this before that most of the art is the same style but uh, sometimes in her for instance there's a a dream her father uh, her grandfather says I have big plans for today and she's like half awake she's eating cereal she's like really and she uh dreams of uh, uh and, and in her head there's a picture of the magical kingdom uh, of disney world and mickey standing in front of it you know and then of course her grandpa turns around Well, go to the post office how does that sound <laughs> you know but that m- flash of um, mickey and the magical kingdom it's not in a drastically different style but it just is a drastically different look because the whole comic is you know a fold-out bed and a, um, a Sears and a, a dining room. You know, it's like sort of boring stuff. But in the flash of of uh, Sonny's memory or or imagination, is the magical kingdom. Uh, likewise, when she's you know, discovers comics. There's all these pages that are like a splash page of the Hulk and, you know, uh, or Batman. And, oh, Batman's real name is Bruce Wayne. He's really a millionaire, you know. And again, it's not a, the style's not a vast departure. The, the point is that the subject matter is, um, is kind of showing the stuff that is going through her head while the reality that she lives day to day is this pretty mundane, you know, um, daily life kind of stuff going on. And to me, that's such a, um, uh, a capturing of what the experience of childhood is like, a whole lot of um, sort of, you know, boring <laughs> everyday life. And then you get to the spinner rack and you open it up and here's this sort of four color, you know, wonder. And the thing about comics is you, your grandpa may not take you to the magic kingdom, but you're going to wander into a convenience store and there's the magic kingdom as close as you can get it on a page. And that's what comics were for a kid like Sonny and a kid like me in the eighties. And I I think, um, you know, there are other things there's sort of little um, advertisements and, and, and little bits of history that wind up in the book. The, the, point is that it's these sort of flashes of this intrusion of a whole nother world into the boredom I keep saying boredom but that's probably not a fair word just into the sort of regularness of daily life that Sunny experiences while staying with her father at Pine Palms a retirement community for over 55 year old people you know it's like these flashes of some other magical place uh, where Wonder Woman is, is you know, um, <laughs> is being seized upon by some, uh, I'm looking at a picture now, uh, this is great, her friend says, you should get Wonder Woman, she's a girl, <laughs> and she's staring at this panel of Wonder Woman, and then she says, why is she wearing underwear? Oh, that's her costume, and she's just shaking her head, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but, it's sort of like these, these, these comics are this transporting is these artifacts of the print culture and, 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 you know, advertising and things like that, that are this, um, invitation to another place. Um, there's a, a moment where she's again, talking to a friend and kind of a flashback and they'd see this, um, teen magazine where there's this advertisement for I like, a you know, hair shampoo or whatever, and. It's a very 80s looking ad. And, you know, the little uh, the little tagline is, gee, your hair smells terrific. And they riff, riff on this whole th- idea of calling ridiculous things terrific. But, you know, it's kind of like for a kid in the 80s, just knowing that, you know, these little glimpses in your mundane life of, you know, whether it's advertising or comics or, or the magical kingdom of this, other world that wants to invite you to this excitement, um, that's always parallel to your regular and real life. And I think what Jennifer and Matthew Holm are suggesting with their presence is that, you know, it's not a, there's actually a really sort of sweet honoring of comics in this book, um, so it 's not a oh, this is like a fake escapism that is like no does not pertain to to our real lives, um, nor is there a kind of like yes, this is a, a you know this is where it 's at you know it 's sort of all about finding your magical adventure um, but it 's similar to El Defo and uh, to to really actually a lot of comics that are geared towards kids that have a kind of self reference about comics. There's a way in which um, the place of that those artifacts of, of, of an imaginative culture side by side with the, the ways that you deal with daily life mean that the fabric of our lives um, since at least, you know, at least the generation that I assume the Holmes and I share um, has included, always included this sort of parallel running through um, of, of, of culture splashed uh, in our memories dreams imaginations and 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 comics pages you know and um i i feel like uh what um what the story does is it reminds me and actually reading it is a kind of a kind of reliving of this experience it reminds me of my childhood of a time when we were okay <laughs> in fact it was healthy for us to not entirely be sure what exactly we were doing so that our minds could wander and sometimes the, our minds would wander on what we really didn't need to be thinking about but of course in the story those things were actually exactly what she needed to be thinking about um, and so it's it's a brilliant read it's great um, and I want to get into a little bit more specific detail um, so I'm going to give the spoiler warning here, and if you don't want to be spoiled on the book, you, um, you can probably, uh, just, uh, stop the podcast at this point and go pick it up, read it by yourself, read it with your kids, read it with your students. Um, I think it's great, but, uh, all right, uh, now that the spoiler warning has been given, uh, what's, you know, what turns out to be the, um, the thing that compels her parents who are obviously very caring and doting parents uh, to send her to live with grandpa is that her brother um, is dealing with a substance uh, addiction. And um, you know, there's uh it's pretty clearly hinted at throughout the book, you know, he's got something with fire and he's sort of a teenage stoner looking kid, <laughs> you know, with a kiss shirt. And so you, you, you kind of can kind of see where uh, it's telegraphed from a mile away. Uh, but I think, um, for for instance, for my daughter, who when she read this had, you know, really no inkling of what it meant to be addicted to whatever, drugs, alcohol. Um, the, the idea of this being an introduction through um, a younger sister's eyes to a family trying to deal with a kid who's, you know, sort of um, wandered uh, to his own track. Um, there's a, I think a super significant moment where, um, Sonny, it's at, you know, at the end of the book around 175, um, her buddy is talking, they're sitting at a lunch counter reading comics. She encounters the Hulk and, um, there's that sort of mini splash pagey thing where he's real name, Bruce Banner, when he gets angry, he turns into the Hulk and, uh, she's puzzling her way to understanding Hulk. And she has this, there's this full page shot on 176 of her brother and how he transforms into the Hulk. And, you know, she kind of has to walk away and and cry and take some time. And then it finally reveals what's been going on. And I feel like that that moment is just so rich in the sense of what I was talking about. Um, Her parents send her away. In in, in doing, doing something that I would never, I would never send my daughter, no offense, dad, but if my dad was living in a retirement home, which, he, you know, I don't know, maybe he will be, um I would not send my daughter to live with him because I would be so worried about whether or not he was, you know, whatever, physically capable of supervising her to my satisfaction and, and so on, or how would she be spending her time and, and, and stuff like that. Um, it's just such a gentle reminder that how she would probably be spending her time is to be the you know young woman of of whatever character and and that that we've taught her and that she is going to explore things and going to learn things and and probably most importantly that that space where somebody where she can be in a place of um of maybe stumbling but but really kind of figuring some things out on her own and Maybe not figuring out on her own in this hyper-planned and intentional and purposeful way where we send her to counseling where somebody, and somebody's going to, you know, um, you know, within an hour's time professionally help her process all the things that have gone, gone on. But, but figure things out in the sense of just being in a different place and being there with Grandpa, you know, and reading comic books. And as she does that, you see the reconciliation that she sort of comes to, or at least the the facing up to and the processing of what's gone on. Um and it's it's kind of beautiful. Um and I I you know, I, I thought to myself as I read this and read it to my daughter and talked to her about, you know, about sometimes people in your family and people that you love um may hurt you not intending to. Um and you know, that's there with her brother, but, um, may, may hurt you without intending to. And, um, and it feels unsafe and you feel, and it can be terrifying. Um, but, but, you know, you are strong and you are going to find, I don't know, you're going to find your way through it. You're going to figure something out. And, um, I talked to my daughter about that and those words seem super hackneyed as I say them now. I realize, but the the whole the whole important thing was that I said them to her after we read this book, and they made total sense to her, um, despite being, you know, very young, because she had walked in Sonny's shoes for a little while of um, of processing with her and sort of coming to face what she didn't want to think about with her. Uh, that had, uh, of what had gone on in her family, and how that must have felt um, to be heard that way, and um, yeah, I mean, as I say all this, it starts to make this book sound hyper intense, and, and if you've read it, you know it's, it's not intense, it's, 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 it does all that, you know, hard stuff with a light touch, um, which is great, because I think that the, the book is a lot about a kid's resilience and a kid's um, own curiosity helping her to, to arrive at the things that she needs to figure out. And I mean, like I said, I was talking about this uh, worry, this fretting about over-parenting and stuff like that. I'm guilty as charged and I'm, I'm as, as bad as anybody I know. Um, but I think the book reminds me, <laughs> see, of that, of that bargain that I don't know if I can ever buy into that to really let your children figure, you know, learn some things, you really got to let go. And that's really the only way. And the problem with that is then you can't control it, and you can't plan it, and you can't, you know, predetermine it. Uh, You can do plenty to do your best to make sure it's the best possible environment. Uh, But sometimes what they really need is not what um, some professional or specialist would deem is, you know, the the most stimulating <laughs> activity. Uh, this has not been a an endorsement of child ne- <laughs> neglect or, or 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 you know, um, my way of uh, saying that uh, we should just let our kids roam the, the streets uh, unsupervised. Um, I think it. What I mean is that the comic reminds us that that. Stuff like comics um, are part of kids' processing of all the things that they encounter in life that you know we can help them to find uh, we can lead that that horse to water, um, but they got to drink themselves and um, I appreciate that my daughter and I have had and will have comics as a way to um, to sometimes come to that water where she would be reluctant if um if i you know scheduled it in as a session <laughs> all right um so that's yeah um matthew and jennifer holm um I, I i don't know i i feel like they uh are part of a um ch- children's literature generation um that is is growing in sensitivity um, and understanding, and I think for all of the million books that I read, uh, whether for academic reasons or for my own uh, edification as a parent, uh, sometimes it's still fiction and literature that um, reminds me of the most important things about uh, kids and 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 raising kids and and what kids what kids need. So, yeah. So this has been sunny side up. Um, thank you for listening. (laughs) Um, I, uh, want to mention a few things. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, um, I talked about Jack Kirby, uh, yesterday, uh, and yet on yesterday's episode and I missed completely missed that. I think it came out maybe the same day or a day before that the Atlantic published an article about Kirby and Marvel. And I think that's worth looking at if you're interested in that. Um, go to the uh and uh, i'm starting to Try to post regularly some images as well as there's a link on the side for upcoming episodes. So if you want to know what I'm going to talk about over the next five days, uh, stipulated that (laughs) it's subject to change, I may, uh, because of whatever, not having much to say about something or because I, uh, on a whim, (laughs) or because I read something and I just, oh, I should talk about this. It may, I may change it. But if I change it, um, I think I would be hesitant to change it if I heard from you to say, I'm looking forward to your episode about this and I'm going to read it too. And um, yeah, that would be a strong motivator for me to not change it. Um, and moreover, if there's certain things actually you'd like to have me talk about or hear me talk about, you know, um, uh, Send it as feedback. I'd love to hear it. Um, you can reach me at on Twitter at 2ply, T-W-O-P-L-A-I, or email me at 2 at gmail.com, um, or message me through the Tumblr page. Um, tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, Handbook by Kevin Budnick. I mentioned before, Handbook is a smaller press book. In fact, it's self-published, and I think he kick-started it. But um, Budnick was uh, nominated for an Ignatz as an emerging talent as someone to watch and so i wanted to go check out his book uh you can find it i link to it in the upcoming episodes tab um on the polish.tumblr.com but um kevin budnick uh creates kind of a diary comic about his experiences um recovering from disordered eating um which is a part of his life but a lot of it is just sort of also just kind of his life and relationships um as a 20-something um and uh, I, I i like the book i think it's worth checking out so there's a link there you can, or you can just google kevin Budnick, budnik b-u-d-n-i-k uh, we'll, ta- we'll talk about handbook um and then next week i think for the uh family friday if you're just here to talk to you know about all ages comics with me. I think I'm going to be talking about um, a book by Maris Wicks from First Seconds Science Comics series called Coral Reefs. Um, The story is that my daughter and I went to um, the Lawrence Hall of Science um, up on the hill in Berkeley and we went to the gift shop and um, stared at the bookshelves as we are wont to do. And she saw, she spotted this and everything about the book told me she would not be interested. (laughs) Because she likes books like Sunnyside Up. She likes narratives with lots of, you know, human stories. Um, A a comic book about coral reefs didn't seem like it was her her, uh, bag. Uh, How wrong I was and how uh, much I should have given Maris Wick's credit for making something, a a subject like coral, (laughs) uh, fascinating to her. So she hasn't been able to put it down. And actually she's learning a ton and informing us about all kinds of sea creatures and all manner of... um, of biological uh stuff you know (laughs) um and and so it's a lot of fun so i think i'm going to talk about coral reefs next week um one of the one of the science comics series from first second um yeah so this has been uh the family uh comics friday tomorrow join us tomorrow for the saturday smaller press um sunday super friend is after that i think i'm going to be talking about future quest number four which is a little bit of a change in plans and then uh, monday marvel We'll be talking about Silver Surfer number 6 by uh, slot and All Reds. Okay, thanks for joining, and uh, keep reading.